0: In a world where full-length motion pictures exist, two men have the power to navigate their stories. Join Jeff and Michael as they attempt to recall some of their favorite
1: movie memories.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Movie Memories Podcast, hosted by myself, Michael, and Jeff. That's right.
1: Michael and I are going to challenge each other each week to recall our favorite movies from memory. It won't be a movie we've seen recently, and we won't know the movie ahead of time. Then we'll
0: go rewatch the movie, talk about parts that we missed, talk about our favorite parts, and maybe even talk about things that we didn't know beforehand. So sit back, relax, and see if you can rise to the challenge. Okay, insert Oscars music here, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're doing an Oscars episode. Who'd have thunk it? I know. Like a, a podcast about movies and, and we're doing an Oscars episode. What are we, sellouts? Yeah, we are. <laughs> you are. No, I'm not. Much to my protest <laughs> and reluctance, I have said, yes, let's do this. Yes. I, I make it uh, no secret. I've, I've jumped off of the Oscars bandwagon as being a – um. Movie buff, be a good way to say it. As being a movie buff, and I should just love the Oscars, but I've I'm off the wagon.
1: It's like there's a there's like a couple categories. There's the the movie elitists who are just so about, you know, the best films ever. Yeah, you have to you have to know what the best films were, and then you have a step above that. Right, I don't know what they're called, but they. They have another list of films that no one's seen. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, I
0: was about to say, like, what is a best
1: film? Yeah, and like, yeah. no one recognized this film, and it was the best of the year, right? And yeah, and then you have people that love movies,
0: yeah, because I can appreciate, I do appreciate movies as art, yeah, like as 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 many other art forms as there are, like I can't appreciate it because it can impact people. Um, Movies can be left open to interpretation where not the same, you don't get the same impact from one individual to another because they interpreted the movie in a different way. Like I can appreciate it as, as an actual art form in a way to present art to the world. Um, but it's subjective and, yeah. su- and subjective it's entirely yeah yeah like any one person could say like that is the best movie of the year you cannot convince me otherwise and it's a home movie you know what i mean like right
1: yeah <laughs> oscars for me are just a barometer of what people thought right the best movies were
0: and i get it like doesn't the academy the people that make those decisions don't they rotate Throughout the year, it's not always the I'll same. I admit, people. I don't
1: know all of the details. Yeah. I just know that they're like members that actually have worked in the business. Right. Um, could be old directors, old producers, yeah. old actors that are part of it, and they submit what they think should win. Right. And that's all kind of. Yeah.
0: Out. Yeah. And so uh, I'm pretty sure, I know they, they, I'm pretty sure, I know they rotate with some new members. Yeah, and um, so I get it. Like, if you're an expert in the field, you should be able to pick the right stuff. But everyone always talks about there's politics behind it and all that. Oh yeah, and, and, <laughs> and like, how well did you market it, and how well did it do in theaters? And you can't ignore that it was a blockbuster. But but you know, all, all this there's nuances to it. I understand, but massive eye rolls, right? To that, yeah. But we're not here to discuss the nuances. We're just no. What we're going to do, hopefully, in this episode is um, we're going to talk about nominees for various categories. Maybe we'll have some fun, do some speed recalls, trying to recall some of the most recent movies we saw that might be on the best picture list. And, uh, And then maybe go through a few predictions and come after the Oscars. We'll see if we got them right. Right. Yeah. Speed recalls. Yeah, so you've seen some on this list on the yeah. best picture list. I've seen a couple. Right. So what's the first one that you had seen that you think you could give us a quick
1: oh, run
0: through? I from know we memory? talked
1: about this before. Yeah. <laughs> we we started recording. Um the Fable Men's is probably easier to remember. Okay. Than everything everywhere all at once. Because there it's a lot oh, of stuff yeah. that goes on in that movie.
0: Yeah, I still need to watch that.
1: Uh Fable men's I can do I feel like pretty pretty quickly. It's it's about it's I mean, yeah. it's basically Steven Spielberg's life early on. Is it He's meant to be
0: autobiography so. or autobiographical? He, he
1: said in an ex- to an extent it was. Okay. Um, there might be some details that aren't entirely accurate to his life, but yeah. I know in the movie, uh, like the very first like 15 minutes is all about how this boy goes to see a movie with his parents. The movie, uh, it, I think it was The Greatest Show on Earth, and okay. one of the scenes is uh, a train coming towards the camera. And there's a car on the track going towards the train yeah. and it hits the car and it's just so mesmerizing to the kid. He has to try and like – he keeps repeating it in his head. Even when he sleeps, he keeps seeing the scene and he's trying okay. to recreate it in some way. Like how could he do it? Like not really how. it's That's the thing is it's not really how he could do it. It's just the fact that he needs to do it in order to overcome it. Oh, okay. Like, it's almost like it's he's afraid of it, but he needs to understand it better. Yeah. So they buy him a train set, and he just crashes it over and over and over again. And then finally, they're like, he keeps ruining these trains. Why don't we get him a camera <laughs> so he, and oh, he can I record see. it and just rewatch it so he doesn't have right. to keep destroying the trains? Okay. So he does that. He gets a camera. He films it. And then he shows it to his mom. And she loves it. And then this is like how his his hobby – well, that's what his dad calls it. A yes. hobby. Yes. Yeah. grows. It, it grows from there and he does more films, student films, blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
0: Kind of showing that I mean, it's not mutually exclusive, but I know a lot of people say like if you're in film you're obsessed with it, right? There's nothing else but that. right? Yeah. Right. So
1: halfway, I don't know if it's halfway through the movie but they go on a camping trip and there's this guy that's a best friend Uh, best friends with his dad. They call him Uncle So-and-so. I don't remember his name. But he's really just his best friend. They're not Mm -hmm. related. They're not blood relatives. They even talk about that at the dinner table once. Like, he's not related. He's just his friend. Stop calling him Uncle. Okay. And they go on this camping trip. Uncle goes with them. The mom and the uncle, I mean, as a viewer, you know, something's Uh, going on. Oh, okay. Between them. And while they're there, the the kid. Let me just tell you his name, Um, Sammy. Okay. He's filming the whole time because his dad wants to do like wants to put together something afterward. So he's filming the whole time, and he edits together the film afterward against like almost against his will because he had this other film that he was working on but his dad's like no we want we got to do this for your mom she's oh, having a rough time like because, a home movie yeah she's having yeah. a rough time because I think her mom just died so he wanted his son to put together this whole movie for his mom okay well he does and he's watching the footage back and he realizes there's something going on the dad does no the son oh okay the son yeah. realizes there's something going on with on the editing uh, his floor, mom, he's yeah, watching the reel with his mom reality. and okay. the uncle. Okay. So he's, he, has, he has this realization. So he is, is he, struggling with this,
0: like, with this. He's I was going to say, is he conflicted about whether or not he <clears throat> says something? Yes. Okay.
1: So he decides not to say anything. He makes the reel for his mom for everyone to see. He does that. But his relationship with his mom is so strained now. Like, he doesn't talk to her. And he treats her like crap,
0: right? Because she, co- he like, he finally she's doing something wrong, right, right, right.
1: Finally, comes to a head, and mother confronts him. She's like, "Why are you acting this way?" He doesn't say anything. He just makes her watch the other version that he edited, edited together.
0: And does it make the other version make it even more obvious? Yeah, oh. like he
1: shows it to his mom, and she comes out apologizing to him, like, "I'm so sorry. This is what happened." This causes him to not want to film, like really. After this, he, okay. ma- he completes his other student film that he was working on, but yeah. then he loses a taste for it a little bit because of yeah. this. And they end up moving to California, where all of the filming happens. Yeah, and he has no interest in it, really. Okay. Uh, but he ends up getting
0: picked on by bullies. Does the loss of interest is it just because of the consequences of filming? Like sort he thinks of. like, like
1: it, it's like a couple of reasons. The fact that they moved. Okay. Uh, the relationship between his mom and his dad is strained. Okay. The dad still doesn't
0: He has no obvious. obvious. It's not okay. no.
1: No. There were other things,
0: see, I only saw this once, and this is what I remember, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> which is one of the Yeah. I will say, like, you know, you and I talked about this Oscars episode, and um, it's one of the things that allows me to be okay with doing it, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're still trying to recall these movies, and we're still we had seen some of them from the best picture list, but it's still just all fresh. Like, if you yeah. go watch a movie. And it makes it to the best picture list and it should be so good that it's <laughs> – that you could recall it easily after just watching it once, you know, this year. Um, I'm not saying like because you can't recall this perfectly because you only seen it once, but I just mean like it's just, just – I, I know what our you Our whole mean, experience Mike, yeah. with this podcast is so interesting when we come across movies that we could recall so easily. And even though we just watched these movies, like they just happened within the last year. How well are we going to actually recall them?
1: (laughs) It's just, it's very
0: interesting to me. So yes, continue. So they made it to California. He's lost interest in filming. Ish. Yeah. So he,
1: his uncle, not his uncle, but the guy uh, tried to make it up to him by getting him a new camera. And he tried Mm. to give it back to the uncle quote unquote, because he didn't, he didn't want to accept it from him because it felt like a bribe yeah and I think he still like put it in his car even after he gave it back it was It was weird anyway, I don't okay. remember see that's the thing. I don't remember if he has that when he's when he moves or if he sells it. uh I don't remember okay, but at one point he he gets picked on by bullies. he then ends up meeting a girl because of it, okay. You have to watch the movie for the exact reason.
0: Does she rescue him?
1: No. It's like her friend was dating the bully. There were two bullies. Like one of them was the jock. One of them was clearly, clearly not the jock, but he was like an expert at making fun of people. The other, the other guy. Okay. And the jock wasn't really picking on him, but he was laughing at the other guy and what he was saying. Well, I think to piss him off, Sammy, the main character uh, tells, like calls him out for making out with a different girl in front of his current girlfriend Uh, and that, and she like walks away from it. And then he runs at Sammy and punches him in the face. Yeah. I don't remember how it transitions, but But then she's like my hero. Not really, but like, she's like you're jewish right and then like that's her entire interest in him as well as her friend so they're like talking to him and uh her friend (laughs) it's just really funny how this plays out but like her friend uh kind of like wants to date him she's like well i'm i'm christian and and he's jewish she's like i'm gonna pray for you and then like it's it's really weird. She's like, "Yeah, sure. Pray for me. Whatever you want. Whatever you want to hear." <laughs> like, <laughs> right, but I'm gonna go date him. Yeah, yeah and their their relationship's kind of goofy and funny. But uh, okay, she goes to dinner with him at his family's place. They're talking about stuff, and they bring up filming, and this upsets Sammy a little bit because you know it's it, it stings. To right, hear yeah, he, no, he, he was great that. at it. He was great at it, but he doesn't want to do it. And then the girl suggests, "Oh, yeah, you should film the." The senior uh, skip day, like they don't actually have a skip day, but they celebrate it anyway. Yeah. Like, so everyone, yes, yeah, drop, like, leaves and goes to the beach. So she's like, Yeah, you should film that. And he's like, No, I shouldn't film that. Then everyone, like, some other people are like, Yeah, you should do it. And then someone's like, No, you shouldn't. You should just let him not do it. And then finally, he's like, I'm going to do it. Okay. (laughs) So he does it. He films it. It's great. Um, They go to prom where the premiere of that is. She ends up breaking up with him at the prom. He shows the film. It actually glorifies one of the bu- bullies and the bully okay. can't stand that it glorified him. She's like, why did you make me look like that? I'm not actually that guy. I can't live up to that guy.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And he's
1: like, how could you make me look like this? Now everyone's going to expect me to be that way all and the I'm time. Not,
0: yeah, and I'm not that way. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: not that. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Um. There are are some other scenes in the movie like with his actual uncle, like his uh, great uncle. Okay. That was actually a great scene with Judd Hirsch, uh, him explaining to him how he's going to have to make a choice uh, between either his family or his own passion for film. Because one way or the other, you're going to hurt yourself for not doing it or you're going to hurt your family for doing it.
0: Yeah, like I was – I mean – I haven't seen the movie, but like I was saying, like, so many people say, like, if you're going to make movies, it ends up taking over your life. Like, that's yeah. all you want to do is just – it's movies only yeah. type thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And at the very end of the film, it skips ahead a year, and he's living alone with his dad. It's clear that, like, things didn't work out with the family.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, But he – gets his script picked up for a network to do Hogan's Heroes. Oh, yeah. So he goes there, talks to the producer. The producer says, yeah, we'll do this. We'll run it for a season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's great. Can I come and work with you guys? He's like, well, there's not really any room for you to work with us, but you can go meet this director. Yeah. And he takes him to meet this director. I don't remember who the director is supposed to be. Okay. Um, it's supposed to be a real person because I recognized a lot of the posters in the room, uh, like from some famous Westerns yeah. and so on. Anyway, but the director who's actually there is uh, – what's his face? Uh, David Lynch. He's playing, yeah. he's playing the character and it ends with him giving him the, this advice. He's like, I want you to look at that poster. Now, describe it to me. And then he's like, well, it's a, a guy on horseback. He's looking – he's like, no, 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 no where's the horizon yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, like, he's like oh right here at the bottom of the poster's like exactly now go to that poster and she's like tell me what's going on here uh, okay. <laughs> he's like uh it's, it's a couple men they're getting ambushed she's like no 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 no. where's the horizon it's up here he's like exactly if you have the horizon at the center of the frame it's going to be terrible no one's going to be interested in that if you have the horizon anywhere else everyone's going to be interested that's your advice, kid. Now get out.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's like how the movie ends. With yeah. That is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um, so I know I've seen it just from like the pictures and stuff like that. Is Paul Paul Dano. Does he play the dad? Yeah, he plays the dad. Okay. Yeah.
1: There was some um, suspension of disbelief for that. I I still can't see him as being that old.
0: No, because he has a young <laughs> face. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But I love Paul Dano. Yeah, like that's he's good. So uh, when I saw that he was in it, part of me wanted to be like, I hope he's the the care you know the main character, the one that's making the films for yeah. some reason. But no, yeah, he's, no, he's not. Michelle Williams, yeah, Seth Rogen
1: plays the uncle. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Is he annoying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs>
0: <laughs> is he annoying though in the, in the movie at least?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say he's annoying. He's supposed to be like the fun guy. Whereas Paul Dano's like all about science and learning and this is interesting. You should be interested in that. And clearly Michelle Williams as the mom is more interested in the guy that's just making her laugh all the time.
0: Yeah. Right. So. Yeah.
1: That's conflict with that. Anyway, there's more to it. There's more nuance to it. Well, yeah. With all of it. But that's the glossing over of what I can remember from the film.
0: You were doing (laughs) like, so I was thinking like, oh, this will be. minutes (laughs) minutes <laughs> yeah, I'm to, sorry. Do, no, to do a quick but but no I like you were remembering a lot from the movie which is impressive like it I, is impressive there's a lot that I didn't talk about yeah.
1: but you know <laughs> yeah
0: I um, mean a movie in 18 minutes is not half bad especially a best picture nominee yeah
1: you want to do the
0: next one do you sure want to do okay I've seen even the most recent um, viewing is uh, banshees of Ineshiran. Inishirin. Yeah. That's uh I mean it came out last year, like all of these should have come out last year, twenty twenty two. directed by Martin McDonough or McDonough. Um I don't know which one, however you... <laughs> McDonald's? No. Yeah. I, I, it's. I'm assuming Irish. It's an Irish movie. Like yeah. I'm assuming that's might be how you pronounce it. But also, it, I mean, it's got Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleason, And um, one of the best supporting actresses nominees is Carrie Condon, who Carrie plays Condon. Uh, Colin Fer- Farrell's sister in the movie. But right off the bat one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this movie is because, I mean, because of this movie, it's been kind of blown up. Um, they've done a lot of talk shows and stuff together, Brandon Gleason and Colin Farrell. But I knew even before that in movies that they had been in together, um, like, um, in Bruges.
1: In Bruges. Yeah. Yeah. Which is,
0: which is great. Um, right along the same lines. Like,
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah. um, I think the same director, I think. Is it really? Yeah, I think so.
0: Oh, that's awesome. But, They've been, I guess, best friends for a really long time. And so the appeal of this movie, like hearing that it was coming out, it was starring them too. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I want to watch this, even if it's going to be boring or terrible. Like I'm still going to watch it because of their star power and their Mm -hmm. friendship and all that. So Banshees of Inishirin, it is a movie about two friends who have been friends for a really long time on a small island um, off the coast of Ireland called Innishirin. And then one day, one of those friends, Brandon Gleason's character, um, Colm, decides to end the friendship abruptly. And he does so pretty abruptly. Um, And this doesn't rub Colin Farrell's character, Pollock, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pollock. Um very well. Like he doesn't know why. He can't see the reason why. He doesn't understand the reason why. And very early on in the movie, when this first occurs, um, you're not told the reason why, right? Brandon Gleason's character, I like, don't need to keep saying that, but um <laughs> Column, he doesn't initially tell him why he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore. He just cuts him off. He's like a, you know. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. You can go about your ways. I'll go about my way separately. Um, and at first, that's okay. But Pollock can't let it go. No. Right. He just doesn't understand why he thought they were just, they were best friends living their best lives on this small island. I think it doesn't say when, but I think in the 80s. I think I want that's to say the, it's
1: way before that.
0: Oh really? I think,
1: yeah, I think it's in the 1940s after, like 1940s so, or 50s, or maybe yeah, right before World War One, actually. Maybe. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's Turn a long of the century? Ago.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I probably should look it up. Okay. So yeah, looks like it's just after World War One, like 1920s, um, because they they keep mentioning Civil War in Ireland yeah. on the mainland. Throughout this movie, um, it's a talk of the town. They hear the gunfire. It's mentioned in a couple conversations. And so, but they don't explicitly say when the time period is. I can't remember. I don't know enough about Irish history to be able to know. I know it's happened multiple times where they have a civil war between one faction or another in Ireland. Um, but anyway. Pollock just really can't handle not knowing what it is. And so after a short, brief period of time, he confronts um, Column to find out, what are you doing this for? Like, why? Why can't we just be friends? Why, why are you treating me this way? Um, and column eventually just basically says, like, you're dull. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't spend my time with you anymore. Like, I'm getting old. Um. All we do is sit around and talk about nothing day in and day out. We meet for beers and we drink and you complain about this or that, or we talk about nothing and where's my life going? Um, So he's like, I just need to cut you off as a friend. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of back and forth early on in the movie. That's kind of like this, like he, i mean he's kind of dull he doesn't understand (laughs) (laughs) um pollock really doesn't understand how that could be he's like really but still that doesn't make sense like we've been friends for i think he says it but i i can't remember the exact amount of time but a really long time
1: yeah long enough for everyone there to know
0: yeah to know that they're a pair like they're best friends um like there's a in a in a shearing, just to give a little bit of a setting is just a small farming island off or off of the coast of Ireland, um, totally picturesque, green yeah. fields, beautiful skies, little stone homes, single pub, single church, tight knit community, um, just a real gorgeous setting for a movie, um, but anyway. You know, they're on this small island, they were friends forever. He's being told that he's dull, and that's the only reason why they shouldn't be friends. And Pollock just quite can't quite understand why. So he continues to confront Column about it. And eventually Column, I can't remember, I might be getting this out of order, but eventually Column does say, like, listen, I'm getting old. I don't know what I'm leaving to this world, but I'm a musician and mm-hmm. I want to spend the rest of my days coming up with some impactful music. That's going to outlive me. And like, I can't do that if I'm spending all of my time just hanging out with you, talking about nothing. And, um, again, Callum or, uh, Pollock really can't get it. He just no. doesn't understand. What, what he just, <laughs> it's, it's funny thinking back on the movie, like he's a, bit of a dollard right he's a bit of a not he's a, not a total idiot but he's simple yeah it's so
1: nice so yeah like, he's just happy so, most of the time
0: <laughs> right yeah so he just can't fathom not being friends with his best friend um and so i think he confronts him one more time and Column basically gives him an ultimatum he which starts this weird turn of the movie he says if you don't leave me alone." I'll chop off one of my fingers like to prove to you that I'm actually serious about this. Like you're not getting it. I'm serious and I'm so serious. I will chop off one of my fingers and Pollock's like, what are you talking about? There's no way you'd do that and all this stuff and and still confronts him. And then one day they hear a knock at the door. Um, Pollock and his sister, they live together in this small house. They hear a knock at the door and then, by the time they make it to the door, they see that Colum's walking away back down the road. They open the door to find a severed finger on their porch. <laughs> <laughs> he threw it at the door. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, "Oh my God, this is serious." And so that this piece occurs for a little bit, right? Column or uh, Pollock keeps confiding in his sister, not understanding why this is happening. You know, I'm nice to everybody. I'm not dull, am I? Type thing. And Colum begins to meet more frequently with his musician friends, writing music, all that jazz. Um, But then eventually this all boils up again, and Pollock confronts him more seriously after having a brief discussion with the Island Idiot. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, the actor's
1: name is he's played uh, by the dude Barry. Yeah, that,
0: yeah um he's played by um, the guy who was also Barry oh, Keegan. Kogan yeah Keegan, yeah I think it's Domino
1: or Keen. or it's a weird pronunciation I can't
0: remember okay um Dominic he has a brief discussion with Dominic. Um, and Dominic gives him the advice of like, you should probably stand up for yourself and, you know, just tell him how it is and stuff. So he does, he has a conversation with column in which he says, like, listen, like, I don't, I can't remember everything that's said in the discussion, but he stands up for himself, gets real abrupt with column while they're in columns house. And they have like a little bit of a, a nice dialogue by the end of it. It seems like they're columns calming down a little bit. And by the end of the conversation for all Pollock knows is like, Oh great. Um, we're going to meet down at the pub here (laughs) in a little bit (laughs) because he suggests it. He's like, Oh, this, I feel like this conversation is really, really good. And do you want to meet for a, a pint? I'll go ahead and I'll order for us and I'll wait for you. And he's like, yeah, why don't we do that? And, um, Pollock makes his way to the pub orders a couple pints the bartender at this point because this whole movie the whole town knows that they're fighting yeah um he goes what are you sitting over there for and he's like oh I'm waiting for my friend and he's like your friend that only has four fingers (laughs) he's like are you kidding me are you kidding me Pollock he's like yeah he said he'd he'd be right here and um and meanwhile Column is chopping off the rest of his fingers (laughs) The other four fingers on his left hand, I think. Yeah,
1: has yeah, left hand. Um,
0: and the, one of the reasons why he chops off his fingers in the first place is because he tells Pollock, like, I'm a musician. You understand if I chop off my fingers, you're leaving me to not be able to play music. You know what that means to me, right, Pollock? So, like, leave me alone. I'm serious. So he chops off the other four fingers, goes and throws them at the door of Pollock's house. And um, they cross paths as Pollock is walking home with his sister because his sister was alerted to him sitting in the pub alone waiting for calm to arrive. They cross paths on the road and realize he's just chopped off his other four fingers. Um, There's a bit more going on with his sister. Like she realizes she has no future on the island, she's not married, she wants to leave. Um, and especially after all this craziness with between Colum and um, Pollock. So at this time, she says, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, she packs up, she leaves. And so now Pollock is left alone without his best friend, without Dominic, who he had started to befriend, but he hadn't seen in a while. And now his sister is leaving. Um, and eventually, Pollock discovers... His close companion, his donkey, his miniature donkey, um which is like a pet to him, like at that mm-hmm. close, like a family pet, um had started to i guess he discovers him dead, mm-hmm. but you discover the audiences realize, and so does Pollock that he had been chewing and eating on yeah, column's fingers, fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and he choked on it, vomited, and died, yeah. Pollock takes this real seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like a family member just died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he um, shows up to the pub after mourning the loss, bearing his donkey, shows up to the pub where Colm is there trying to direct music because he can't play. So he's just directing his band to try and play this new song he wrote. And um, Pollock confronts Colm one more time and says, you know what you're this isn't over. Like my donkey died because he died on coughing or choking on one of your fingers. And, um, you think that the, that we're even and we can move on, but no, one of us is taking us to our graves and tomorrow at two o'clock, I'm going to burn your house down. Yep. He's like, you can stay inside. You can do what you want. You can try and stop me, but I'm burning it down and it doesn't matter to me. And he says, but just make sure your dog is outside. <laughs> yeah, he, does, right. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to kill his dog. Yeah. Um, his dog didn't do anything to him. And so he does. Pollock goes, sets up wood and oil and sets fire to Column's house, checks the window. Column's inside smoking, just yep. letting it start to catch fire. And he rides away on his wagon, um, assuming that he burnt up in the house. Um, only to later discover that Column actually, I guess, made it out before it burnt down. He's standing on the beach after I guess Pollock was going back to see if he had died or not. Um, he just arrives back at his house.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly why. Yeah,
0: he just arrives back at his house and he has a brief conversation with Column, staring at the beach, staring at the mainland, um, basically saying, like, uh some small talk um oh column says to pollock he's like so i guess after burning the house we're quitsies right we're quits now which are even like we're done right and um pollock says like no if you had stayed in the house if you had died yes then we'd be even he's like but we're not even and they both like kind of just shrug their shoulders, stare off in the distance. And Column says like, I haven't heard any gunfire in a while. And he suppose that they must be done fighting. And Pollock says like, eh, I'm sure they'll find some other reason to fight. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Cause some things aren't supposed to be left, <laughs> left alone. <laughs> like he's totally devout on yeah. this thing going on. And the movie ends there. Like yeah. you don't actually find out how the conflict between the two, resolves, but you assume because Pollock is not willing to drop it, one of them's gonna die by the end of this thing.
1: It's like viral stubbornness. Yes. Like it started with Column, but then it (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. If just if Column had just told him the reason why to begin with, or gave him a better reason or said, we just can't hang out as often because I want to work yeah. on music. And if Pollock had just understood and let it go rather than egging <laughs> it on. And all along the while, there's these little scenes of this really old lady on the island who's yeah. a little crazy who along the, the whole movie, she almost makes these prophetic predictions about what's going to occur Um. I think she's the, the banshee of Inishirin, you know, quote unquote. Right. Um, but re- really like she could just be an old lady, but um, I think you're kind of like led to believe that. Among a couple other things in the movie, like the title of the movie comes from the title of the song that Column is yes. working on. It's called the banshee of Inishirin. And during that Conflict. I do remember what they were talking about in that final confrontation inside Columns' house. They're talking about his tune, his final tune that he was working on. And it's called the Banshee of Innisheerin, and and uh, Pollock, because he's a bit of a dull idiot, is like, <laughs> but there are no banshees on Innisheerin. He's like, I know <laughs> there aren't any, <laughs> but and he says, like, I like to think of if there are any. Maybe they're not screaming about death and stuff. Maybe they're just sitting back watching everything happening and being amused, which is why I kind of feel like maybe this old lady is a Banshee. Um, the Banshee of But anyway, that's that's literally how it ends. You have no true res- resolution to this movie. <laughs> nope. But it's a dark comedy. It's like dialogue-driven, um, beautiful exposition because of the setting of the island. Um, great uh, acting. I, I- I really loved Colin Farrell in this. Yeah, he's he plays the character so subtly and so well yeah. that you truly believe it. it's like he just doesn't understand what's going on, and he just wishes that he could just have his friend back.
1: He just wants everyone to be happy. And he doesn't yeah. understand whether or not, <laughs>
0: right? And Brandon Gleason's character, Column, he's clearly depressed. You know, nearing the end of his life, wants mm-hmm. to do something else, leave a mark. You can understand the motivations, but behind both of them and they both do a great job of acting in this movie so i enjoyed it but it's not one of those that i'd put on again you know what i mean
1: yeah it's, it's just brandon brandon gleason being like i'm going to cut off my fingers and you're like why the hell would you do that <laughs> and then
0: yeah you just you think it's you think it's a joke or you think it's just like a threat until all of a sudden the movie follows through on it you're like, like, What yeah, the hell? completely you're like, wow <laughs> right yeah that's that so
1: yeah That's this a good is
0: retelling yeah thank you I and mean, it, it's you'd have to rewatch you'd have to watch it to just truly enjoy all the dialogue that happens between them both but yeah so you also watched another movie everything and i think this one's gonna be impossible to retell with detail
1: all at once <laughs> yeah
0: if you all couldn't at tell <laughs> from the title yeah
1: everything uh So, yeah, this is a weird movie. Um, I'm going to try and summarize it so much because there's just – there is a lot that happens. But the soul of the film, um, I'm going to try and reach that as quickly as I can. So the beginning is about – so the main character, Michelle Yeoh's character, her and her husband own a laundromat. Okay. And they are being audited by the IRS. So they have to go there and meet the IRS agent who is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. To talk about, you know, everything with their financial history in the laundromat. That's basically the plot at the beginning. Okay. And the other side of it is an interdimensional. Shift thing with okay. her husband's character from another dimension hops into her husband's body. Oh, tries to tell her that she's the only hope to defeat this uh, being. Okay, you don't know who the being is at first. Okay, I don't remember the name of the being at all. It's the IRS, <laughs> it's some, <laughs> but I know what it represents. It's like it, they call it the. Like the black donut or like the dark donut, something okay. to that effect.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and she kind of doesn't believe it. Blah blah blah. Everything you'd expect to see in that situation happens. Yeah. There's action. There's a bunch of other stuff, but at the beginning of the movie, it's mostly her, her husband, and then also her daughter, uh, who's trying to. I don't remember if the mother knows she's in a relationship with another girl. Yeah. Or she does know but she just kind of refuses to acknowledge it. Okay. There's some conflict there, but it's not in the daughter's eyes it's a big one, but in the yeah. mother's eyes it's very dismissive. Like she okay. doesn't she doesn't understand what the problem is even though she does treat her like less than because of the situation. Okay. Her dad is coming to town, I think, I, or he already arrived. See, this is the these things I have trouble remembering. Yeah, yeah, and her father is a very traditional man, and okay. the idea that her own daughter has like a relationship with the, uh, another woman—it doesn't really sit well with her dad coming, so she doesn't really like that. Yeah. And there's conflict developing with her and her daughter. The husband actually has divorce papers that he wants to give to her, but he doesn't because part of him thinks that it'll work out between them. And her husband's also the optimistic one. He's the happy one. Like he just loves everyone. He wants things to work out. Surely they will. Why would we ever have to worry about it? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he's also the one that got the divorce papers. So you have to wonder what that relationship is yeah, like right. for him to do it. Yeah. Um, cutting back to the IRS thing okay. and the interdimensional stuff. So now that you know all of that, it's actually the conflict that overarchs the entire film. Okay. So the interdimensional stuff is just kind of how you see it. You find Uh-oh. out that... Okay. The, the villain of the movie is actually her daughter from another dimension. Oh. Like she ends up gaining all this power Yeah, and she's trying, she makes this donut. It's an everything donut. It has literally everything <laughs> in it. Okay, <laughs> And uh, she's trying to conquer all dimensions okay. ish, to some degree. She's kind yeah. of bored. She's a very bored individual and okay. she doesn't have any love. And oh. that's like the movie is the mother realizing she trying, should give her daughter love. Yeah, is she's oh. trying to defeat this version of her daughter with like violence or you know all these different angles to try and beat her. Yeah, when all it is is really just like she shares no love with her daughter. The relationship with her husband is really like terrible. So she explores all of the relationships in each dimension mm-hmm. and tries yeah. to find common ground with all of them. Oh, I see. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I lo- it's really emotions are at the center of it. Yeah. And all their relationships. So I like how they used that to express it. Yeah. It was like all of the dimensions. At one point, she and her like villain daughter yeah. become rocks <laughs> <laughs> in one dimension and they're stuck and they end up talking to each other. Oh. And as rocks, like it's, you just see subtitles. You don't actually hear anything. Maybe some like,
0: (laughs) like the underlying, underlying tone with the dimensions is because like not everybody feels the same way.
1: Maybe, you know, but like the daughter just doesn't believe there's any point to life anymore. Even though she's conquered all of these dimensions, she's like, there's no reason to stay. And then her mom is like, okay, well I'll just be with you when you decide to end things for yourself. And she's like, why would you do that? And she's like, well, because I want to stay with you. And yeah, then she's like, you won't do that. And then she look, rolls off a cliff and then her mom goes with her and it upsets the villain. She, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't understand. Why are you doing this?
0: Because it's against what she understands. Is yes, what like she their believes her mom would do. Exactly. Right.
1: And there's a lot of that in the movie. Oh. I really liked it.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I wanted to watch it. Is that the end though? I just wrote it the... for you. No.
1: <laughs> no, no. Not exactly. No. There's part of, that's part of it. But you have to watch it. Okay. So I, I did kind of spoil it with the villain, though, because you don't really know who it is,
0: but – Till the very end or makes, like –
1: It makes sense. No, it's about halfway through. Oh, okay. Or a little less than halfway.
0: Yeah. I so. mean, it is one of those movies because it had just been – like everyone had been talking about it. It mm-hmm. just been – you know, it's been blowing up everywhere. Like It's like – and I like the people that are in it. So I was like, surely – The humor great, though. Yeah, it's <laughs> like if everyone's got it right and – I heard that it was like kind of this is how you do a dimensional shift movie, like a movie with multiple dimensions. That's how you do it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if there's one
1: one dimension where uh, she's a chef and the other chef that's with her at uh the restaurant has a raccoon on his head. Controlling him like Ratatouille, but it's like raccoon, <laughs> raccoonatouille or something. Like. <laughs> uh. so, um, and then, of course, the the hot dog finger. Oh yeah, uh, one where she's in a relationship with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot, but yeah, it's not just her relationship with her daughter; it's also with her husband and her father. Like yeah. it's just everything with the family. I liked it
0: good I mean I want to see it it's it's one of those that I will for sure see because some of the movies on this list I have no desire to see and I won't I won't go <laughs> see <laughs> <You> them won't <laughs> yeah just like I just know I won't end Fleming up saying like oh well what can we watch tonight like I it won't be on my list of things to go look for to watch yeah but a couple of these are and this is one of those for sure
1: yeah that's good yeah
0: I got one more <laughs> And it's not that exciting, and I'll be able to gloss over it pretty quick because it's not that profound. <laughs> but it's still like a cool movie, but I honestly don't know why it's on Best Picture other I, than, again, like we talked about earlier, you can't ignore the blockbusters anymore. Nope. So, nope. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, a,
1: best, best Picture used to just be five
0: options, I know. now it's ten. And then they expanded it to the ten, and... Yeah. It includes, and again, I think because they just can't ignore blockbusters anymore. Like they made money. He draws the audience in to watch it. Exactly. The so, if, yeah, if all of the audience, if the people went to go see it and spend the money on it, then surely there's room for it in a best picture nomination type thing. Mm-hmm. But so directed by Joseph Kaczynski. I don't know who that is, um, unfortunately. Some guy. Tom Cruise, Miles Teller. Um, Jennifer Connelly plays a small role in it. Um, there's a handful of other people, like Val Kilmer, of course, is in it. John Hamm, but very briefly. Um, but it's the sequel to Top Gun. And that's so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so insert uh, jet, you know, dogfights <laughs> with fighters and all that. And then that's it. That's it, the that's movie. That's all
1: you no. need. Yeah, you don't even know. know. Um, <laughs>
0: It picks up with um, Tom Cruise, his his character Maverick. um, That's his call sign. Honestly, for some reason, just can't even think of his actual character's name right now. Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. Mitchell. Okay. Anyway, the the Navy, uh, Pete Mitchell right now is a test pilot. You know, he's. Old, but he's still somehow a test pilot um, working for the Navy. The very beginning of the movie is him testing a, a prototype plane called Dark Star. Um, it's a supersonic jet that they test how fast it can go, and ten point six is like the limit, and or it's maybe it's ten
1: yeah, as the round yeah. number.
0: But they approach it and they're like, great, we made our test. Good job. And he's like, we could go further. And he just <laughs> leaves it going faster and faster into a catastrophic failure. He has to bail out of the jet, yeah. um, lands in the middle of the desert, walks back. Um, and then he gets called into his commanding officer's office and they're – Basically berating them, but then eventually they say, "Like, all right, this is you're going to have a new post. You're going to go back to Top Gun School, um, the Top Gun program, and you're going to be an instructor there um, because we've got a mission a mission of critical importance, and we think that you're like the best hope of training these new pilots for this very specific mission." Um, So right off the bat, I'm pretty sure it's in that meeting, or it's very shortly after. But right off the bat, you're already told what the main conflict of the movie is which mm-hmm. is kind of like disappointing but i get it to kind of set up the stakes and get the audience engaged but it's a mission to destroy a bunker deep in these mountains i can't even remember where it actually is it's guarded by anti-air missiles and so you have to be able to fly between a canyon up and over a wall into basically a <laughs> crater um to destroy the bunker and then back out of the crater over the top of the mountain, all without being detected, hopefully. So they're like, you, we're going to need you to test, um, train these new pilots.
1: I'm pretty sure the location is the death star and, and, <laughs> <laughs> That's so
0: weird. Uh, Luke, you turned off (laughs) your targeting computer. (laughs) Is everything okay? And Maverick gets over the radio. Everything's fine. I got the need for speed. (laughs) (laughs) So Maverick ships off to the Top Gun program. It is full of hot shots, um, that have to be trained on how to accomplish this mission. And it's his job to get him to work as a team and to train him to be able to accomplish it. Lo and behold, one of those students is one of his his old crewmates, um, co-pilots. I think he's technically a gunner. I can't remember what they call them, but for the F-14s. But Rooster, Rooster is the, the, the kid's name. Goose was his father. Yeah, yeah, Goose was his father. Goose, who had died in the first movie. So there's automatically, right off the bat, there's some conflict between the two because Rooster thinks that because Goose had total faith in Maverick, he's the reason he got got him killed. Um, Maverick wants to atone for that past and wants to watch out for uh, Rooster. But really, like the movie is one long training montage of... These hotshot pilots going through a rigorous training program, being shot down and being one-upped by Maverick the whole way to lead up to this mission. Like I said, going through a canyon, up and over a mountain, into a crater, destroying a bunker, back up and over and out. And eventually they do. They go on the mission. Um, For a certain time period during the training, the upper-ups thought, Basically the time frame that they have, the time window is too short. It's impossible for them to actually accomplish. So that they they change the game plan. Maverick goes off and he's a Maverick. So he goes <laughs> off on a tangent and he proves to them all that not only can you hit the target, you can do it in under the time needed. Right. And that basically tells gives them all the confidence, like, oh, we can do this. Um I think they all get called up for the mission, including with Maverick going with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they go on this mission, and I can't remember if someone makes the run before Maverick and Rooster or not. But the the crux of the conflict is, eventually, they Maverick and Rooster go flying together through the canyon go to destroy the target um but rooster flies too high anti-aircraft missiles shoot out after him he has to bail out of his or maybe maverick gets shot down first but at some point both of them have to bail out yeah. of their jets um of their fighters now they're behind enemy lines they're alone nobody's coming after him because it's too risky like they weren't supposed to be the be there in the first place, um, and on foot, they have to work together. They find a nearby air base that has some old F-14s, Tomcats. They steal one of them. They get up in the air trying to return to their aircraft car- carrier, and they are intercepted by some – the whole – and throughout this movie, they point out fourth-gen versus fifth-gen fighters, fourth-gen right. being – f15 16 18 and 14s um fifth gens are like f22 raptors and things like that like stuff that are in use today um more sophisticated and they all throughout the movie they're like there's no way that a fourth gen would be able to compete with a fifth gen if you were in a fight with a fifth gen with a fourth gen jet you're cooked um so they're in. They steal an F14. They're in a fourth gen. They get intercepted by enemy fifth gen fighters, and they have to somehow win. And I think they get saved. I can't remember. They take out a few of them, but then they get saved by another fighter, right? Um, which um, is basically Iceman from the first one, but yeah, the when new they're Iceman. Over the water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he comes to rescue them. He's on standby. Um, I can't remember his character. Hangman, Glenn Powell. Yeah. um, Comes to help them out. Long story short, dogfight ensues. They make it out. They take out a couple of the fifth gens. I think the rest of them run, and then they make it back to the aircraft carrier. It's very first Top Gun but just with much greater cinematography. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like, the,
1: the biggest draw of this movie is the cinematography. And yeah. I'm surprised. I don't think it's on the list of. I don't think
0: so either. The Oscars. But just the fact that they had the actors in the jets, they weren't flying it, obviously, even though Tom Cruise, I don't think he's fighter rated, but he does have a pilot license. But the fact that they're in the cockpits for tons of the footage a lot of the footage footage is not CGI. So that's like legitimately the planes going through these terrains. Mm-hmm. Like it just grounds the whole thing. And you watch this and you're like, this is awesome. Like, yeah,
1: it's real. <laughs> yeah, like
0: we don't get to see that you go to an air show. You're still on the ground watching, um, aerobatics or, um, aerial acrobatics with, uh, fighter jets and stuff like that. But you just don't get that same feeling. Uh, so this movie delivers on like the action scale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they accomplish their mission, they make it back, and they're like, they have a new relationship between yeah. Rooster and Maverick. And and that's the movie. It's so like I said, yeah. it's not a lot of substance, it's an action.
1: Going back to uh, Parallels with the Death Star, I'm pretty sure one of their planes loses their targeting computer and they have to do it manually. Yes. Like line of sight kind of deal. Yeah, I think, think it's it it theirs. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, then with Hangman coming in, that's like Han Solo with. Yes, yeah.
0: coming to rescue him.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs>
0: So it's a fun movie to watch. If you just want to yeah. go watch action and yeah, see simple. this incredible footage, like, yeah, go watch it, but don't expect anything profound. Cause it's not profound, No, <laughs> but it is yeah. amazing to watch. It is amazing to watch. Yeah. Super fun. Um, and you don't even have to enjoy Tom Cruise cause n- most of the footage is just all of like the, the fighters, like the very yeah. few scenes in between the gratuitous uh beach football scene because they had the the volleyball scene in the first movie. But yeah, that's it. That's top Gun. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, not bad. I mean, you didn't you don't miss much. <laughs> like I could go into all the uh greater detail but you're not missing nope. much. <laughs> oh, you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Uh So that's about it for what we've seen, right? Yes. I was going to segue into the best picture noms. Yeah. So what else we got on the list?
1: So we talked about Top Gun. We talked about Everything Everywhere All at Once, Banshees of Inishirin, and The Fablements. So that's four out of ten. Yeah. The other ones we haven't talked about are uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Which is also up for best uh, foreign film as well, I guess. Maybe. Double dipping. Uh, And then uh, Avatar. Elvis. Again,
0: can't ignore the blockbusters. Right.
1: Yeah. Elvis, Tar, Triangle of Sadness, and Woman Talking. And I haven't seen the last three that I said. Yeah. I... I'm just gonna throw that this out there, but I could not finish Elvis. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else did, but I just could not finish that movie. Yeah, I, I did not find anything redeeming about it.
0: I had no interest in it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: like I'm not a big Elvis fan in the first place. Like nobody comes that, screaming at me, but which
1: is funny because it's that's not even why I couldn't finish it. Yeah, it w- had nothing to do with Elvis himself. It had everything to do with how this movie was made. Uh, <laughs> It was just yeah. so loud and in my face. I don't know.
0: Right. But I'm saying like a movie about Elvis, like, okay, well, I'm not an Elvis fan, so yeah. why, neither, why would I have I any interest? <laughs> <laughs> like, so why would I even hit play? Type it, thing? W-
1: it was more like, I'm not a fan, so I kind of wanted to understand why there were any.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what uh, I mean? I did want to see Tar women talking and i haven't seen everything everywhere all at once and i do love i do enjoy war movies so all quiet on the western front i'm sure is good and i'll probably enjoy it i just haven't had a chance to see any of these and i definitely won't before the oscars so
1: tar and all quiet on the western front i think would be the next two i watch yeah um i know nothing about triangle of sadness or woman talking
0: yeah no idea
1: I have no idea what's going on there. And Tar, I watched the preview and that, that lit me up. I was like, Ooh, I want to know what's happening here.
0: So (laughs) if you had to have a guess or which movie do you hope wins rather than predicting who will, yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, honestly, like predicting and saying like, well, I bet this one will win. Which one do you want to win? Uh, As far as recalling them? When you were talking about Banshees,
1: Mia Sheeran, that movie is so straightforward, yeah. and the plot of it itself—just the idea of these yeah. two friends falling out and it being all about that—I loved that.
0: Me, uh, me too.
1: I couldn't think of a, another movie, like off the top of my head, with a similar plot. Yeah, and I just—I was like, "Ah, that's really smart." And I've, you know, everyone's had some situation that's similar. Right, I'm sure, and I just really liked that,
0: yeah, um, it's funny, like that's the one I want to win, just f- uh, almost for those exact reasons, like it's so simple, but a best picture- a best picture could be that, like, so I wouldn't mind actually seeing them be like, "Yeah, no, Avatar might have made two billion dollars, but fancies of Innisher is a better movie, you know, right, yeah, yeah.
1: I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I wish I had seen the others that I didn't see, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But out of the ones I've seen, I think that one I really liked. I identified a lot with some of the characters and I was mm-hmm. just like, this is this is good. I really like this.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel a little biased, but like watching it, I was like, I think I told you this too. Like the the setting, just this pristine beautiful island and it's never really raining through the whole movie or anything like that so i know obviously i know that there's it's not perfect weather forever but like it's just gorgeous and just the thought of being on this small little island with a close-knit community uh, it was just very appealing so it it felt good watching it too yeah same yeah um all quiet on the Western Front. I,
1: I don't understand why the Academy's doing this with movies, putting them in Best Picture and in the International Film category. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. Because if why you I'm won Best that.
0: Picture, you're automatically like it's almost like it should be automatic. Like, well, yeah, it's yeah, Best it's Picture. Like, oh, we're
1: gonna win Best Picture and International Feature Film. Like,
0: hmm. yeah, know, but maybe know. because the Academy's in the U.S., so like. I don't know. You have to recognize international. I would agree
1: with the idea of it being in both categories. If there was more of that with the rest of the best picture nominees.
0: Mm, Yeah. Like
1: if I saw a picture represented in each country, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I don't understand. Anyway, that's just a little gripe I have.
0: So what about directing? So Martin McDonough for Banshees of Innishirin. Daniel Kwan and Daniel um, Scheinert for Everything all, all at Once. And then Steven Spielberg for Fableman's, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben. I don't know what the umlaut <laughs> for the O Say over it. the O is. It, is it Ostland? <laughs>
1: Ostland. I don't um, know.
0: For a Triangle of Sadness. You have any feelings after seeing, like, we've seen a couple of these, a few of these. Daniel Kwan
1: any? and Daniel Scheinert are at uh, that. That pairing reminds yeah. me of uh there's actually a couple people. Like when you have two directors like that, yeah. I feel like it works best with e- with movies with thousands of edits. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you Just mean. Just
1: kind of like that movie. Yeah. And uh like endgame, the the two brothers in that yes, movie. The Russos. Yeah, the Russo yeah. brothers doing that and Wachowskis. like that's kind of what that reminds me of yeah and i feel like everyone is everyone else in that category is like well there's just one of me you guys have two people <laughs> right <laughs> doing this so it's hard for me to just say that they deserve it yeah i don't know i think mark martin mcdonough i think this would be the movie he should get it
0: yeah and i i'm leaning towards that like I don't really have a good feeling one way or another, but I feel like either, yeah, Martin Madonna or the Daniels for that movie because of the complexity of mm-hmm. the movie. Like you'd have almost no choice to be like, yeah, they they had this vision and they directed it and they executed this movie that was super successful and super complicated. So how could you not give it to them? type thing?
1: I wish I knew off the top of my head how many movies
0: Steven Spielberg has been nominated for. Uh, Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot. (laughs) And we've talked about this because we've done a couple, you know, try to recall a couple Steven Spielberg movies. A lot of people like to just be like, he's overrated, but he's really not. He revolutionized movie making. Um, a couple times he's made hits. He's also made some flops. He's made stuff that weren't supposed to be blockbusters and he knows how to direct a movie in some oh, of the wow. movies that he has directed some of them are pretty profound from a director's standpoint mm-hmm. so it's not I don't think it's too out there to just be like he deserves the accolades and he deserves to be a best director on for a while as long as he's directing but anyway off that soapbox I th-
1: think he's been nominated 13 times that's crazy He's won twice. And he was Best Director, Best Director for Schindler's List, Saving oh. Private Ryan.
0: Okay. Oh, um, well, I'm also thinking Best Picture because...
1: Yeah, he did Best Picture for Schindler's List. Yeah. And Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Wait, no, 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 no. no Jaws. Was nom- I thought Jaws. for Saving
0: Private Ryan. Didn't Jaws win Best Picture?
1: Um, <laughs> For Oscars... I swear the, it did. the earliest nominee he got was Close Encounters.
0: Hmm, interesting. 39. And then I the s- next
1: one was Raiders and then ET. Hmm.
0: But it just goes to show like even if they were that was like at the prime of his career mm-hmm. end of the 70s through the 80s but still like you don't get nominated for nothing and I'm giving credence to the academy which I don't want to do but you don't get nominated for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, you're saying there were something <laughs> he's, he's legitimate. Yeah. 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 He is. He's yeah.
1: a great director.
0: Yeah. So right along um, directing, you got to be able to have a solid screenplay to drive how you bring that screenplay to life as a director. So for original screenplay, we have Bans- Banshees of Inishirin, which is also the director, Martin McDonough everything, everywhere, all at once, which is also the Daniels, the Mens, Steven Spielberg, plus Tony Kushner. For Tar, Tom it was to- Todd Field. And uh, Triangle of Sadness, <laughs> Ruben Ostland or Ostland? <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> but, Ostland. <laughs> Ostland. But I do, I do appreciate that the writing, you know, awards, original screenplay. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that that list overlaps with director like you might some people might think like, oh, that's overreach do you really think you have to be the writer and the oh, director oh, of this yeah, movie' I see what you're saying yeah, but yeah. a writer director like hey, not only did I come up with this movie out of my head, I also translated it to a screenplay, and I also directed it. It's pretty impressive Yeah. It's like I did all these things, man would you do yeah um, so to me, the one that stands out is. Banshees of Inisherin. Like, if I want to see Martin McDonough get the director, then surely I want to see that he gets it for the writing because it's right, totally right. dialogue driven. Yeah.
1: The this is one where I think it'd be between that and Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh,
0: okay. And yeah.
1: Just because that'd be extremely hard to write that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's all. That's really the only reason. But yeah. um. Yeah. But we okay. We're gonna move on to actor and actress.
0: So we've talked about best picture. We recalled some of the best pictures and that kind of lined up with us talking about, you know, who might, might not, who we want to win for directing and screenplay. And really like the only other categories that I necessarily care about or have any interest in learning about is leading role for actress and actor. So for actress, we got Kate Blatt, Kate Blanchett for Tar, um Anna De Armas for Blonde, Andrea Risenborough or Riseboro. Riseboro, yeah. Yeah, for Leslie to Leslie, Michelle Williams for the Fablemans, and then Michelle Yao for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And for some reason, even though like it would just be nice a bow to kind of like, okay, best actress wins, director, oh, and movie. Um, but I think Kate Blanchett. I don't know. just got like a gut feeling could, that she'll win. Right.
1: I was looking at that, and for some reason, while I was looking at the the list, I don't like I said, I'd only seen the preview for that movie. Yeah,
0: I've only seen the preview,
1: but yeah, in my heart, that's who I think deserves it. And
0: maybe. I'm not saying like it's because she's just like that much better of an actress, but I don't know. Kate Blanchett has a presence on screen that I think if she's given the right material, it'll be kind of hard to beat her anyway. Yeah, so that's just, um, just my gut feeling towards it. But again, we've not seen the movies <laughs> <laughs> purely off of what we've just like heard and seen and what we can remember. So
1: Michelle Williams, I I don't know. She was just playing her part.
0: Yeah, I was gonna and say I didn't.
1: That. I didn't think it was above anything else she's done.
0: This might um, be. Against other people's opinions, obviously, but I don't think she's that good of an actress anyway. I don't think she has great presence on screen, so there
1: was one movie that really like was hard to watch. Um the the one with uh crap. Casey Affleck. It was uh in Boston. Oh, it's an extremely sad movie and it was really hard to watch.
0: <laughs> I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh
1: Manchester by the Sea, that's it.
0: Oh, I have not seen that.
1: That that movie was crushing. Oh, um, but she was really good in that movie. I haven't seen a lot of other movies with her though. I That's nice. Was, um, where she was up for best actress anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: lastly, best
1: actor. Yeah, this is. I really want Brandon Fraser to win, and I know you've said
0: that. Yeah, as well. Basically, because we got Austin Butler for Elvis, which again could care less. Colin Farrell and Banshees of Industry, and We both mentioned it. Love yeah. Colin Farrell in this movie. Yeah. Um, and
1: then two other movies I've not heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah. Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living, which I haven't watched either. Yeah. I like Bill Nye, but I can't unsee Bill Nye on screen. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching Bill Bill Nye. Nye. It's not anyone else. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then it's just hard for me to get engaged by him uh, as a character. Him as an actor, yes, because it's Bill Nye and he's very charismatic on the screen. But yeah, no, but my hopes because of all the momentum that Brendan Fraser has developed off of this movie for his comeback and Everyone yeah. being super supportive, it would just be like icing on the cake if they called his name. It really and would. The world would erupt. So, yeah, it would. He he really
1: did disappear in that role. Like it, yeah. I'm not just saying that because of the makeup, but like, yeah, yeah. the way he was. And I don't know. I don't know if you're ever gonna watch it, but
0: I might it, because it was good because of him. Like I yeah. just want to. So, yeah. But
1: austin butler is elvis i i mean yeah he's elvis i guess and <laughs> colin farrell i love him and that role he's, just, he's colin farrell like i i would want to meet him and him be just like that
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and it's he he is usually like oh man it's just colin farrell but like watching that it's just like that's who he could be. Yeah. And and so I do enjoy that cuz it's just he falls into the character. It's all dialogue driven and you can really relate to him not necessarily because you feel that you're dull yourself but you could just be like you you feel real sympathy for him.
1: Did you ever see uh, the remake of Total Recall?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's like <laughs> it's such a flip of the coin for how he is. Yeah. You know, uh, like he's, he's either that version or he's a totally different person. You know what I'm saying? Like he can play them all. He can, he can
0: do those (laughs) action movies. Uh, He can do suspensive movies like phone booth. Remember phone booth? Yeah, I do remember phone booth. Phone Booth was great. (laughs) Yeah. And he was great in phone booth. That was a fun movie. Yeah. Like he's, he's done some pretty good stuff. I don't, I like Colin Farrell. I think he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. So, to wrap it up, I hope Banshees of Inisherin wins Best Picture, and then right behind that, directing for Banshees of Inisherin. I think we were both pretty much in line, also for actress Kate Blanchett. Um,
1: now all of the things I've said I want to win is not who I said will win on my yeah. uh, Oscar predictions. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's okay. But
0: we're but talking about yes, who we want to win. <laughs> yes. Who?
1: Yeah. I think I think Cate Blanchett. Yeah. I I need to watch that movie, of course. But
0: yeah, we both yeah. want Brendan Fraser to win, of course. <laughs> and then for the screenplay, like I'll just I hope again I hope it's just kind of like basically Banshees of Inishhirin all the way around. Um I Hope that's just how it lines up. So, yeah, yeah. but I know it won't. <laughs> but I hope I hope it is. Like you know, you know, it just won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah But uh,
1: I hope it does. Yeah, that would be the underdog kind of right. uh, version of that if Banshees wins.
0: Yes, agreed. So yeah, uh, if anyone's interested, that's how we see it unfolding. Um, so we'll we'll go. We'll watch, we'll find out who actually wins, and then we'll talk about how that all shaked out at the next episode.